Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Happy holidays, everyone. This is Kevin. And before we get into our episode today, I wanted to let you know about another giveaway that we have this week. Let me tell you a little bit about a new movie coming out streaming now on Redbox On Demand, Alicia Silverstone and Tom Everett Scott star in a hilarious romantic comedy, Sister of the Groom. In this destination wedding weekend gone off the rails, Audrey, played by Silverstone, struggles with turning 40 while meeting her seemingly perfect sister-in-law. With every intention to break up the happy couple, Audrey and her loyal husband throw the weekend into a tailspin of embarrassing mishaps, making the destination wedding truly unforgettable. You can stream Sister of the Groom instantly on your smart TV TV or favorite device with the Redbox app today. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. If that sounds like a movie that you want to see, we're going to give you the opportunity to stream it. So all you have to do is comment on this episode. We'll have a post up on the Facebook group and also we'll have a post on Twitter. Go ahead and comment on uh, why you want to see the movie. And that's all you have to do. We'll pick a winner randomly. We'll send you a code to watch it. So again, that is Sister of the Groom streaming now on Redbox On Demand. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 620, Tenant, or if you'd prefer me to say it backwards, Tenant. <laughs> can't believe we didn't wait for like 626 to do this. We really missed that opportunity. <laughs> well, you know, when there's not much out there and the one movie that almost killed the entire theater industry came out. What are you going to do? Well, it, that's not really fair. It's just... No, it's not. No, it I wasn't don't. big enough to get people to go out during a pandemic, and I don't think anything would have been. So... No. It's, you know... The their the return mis- of Chris Evans as Captain America may have done it. No. And no. I, no I their mistake was, was just not going straight to VOD, but then that being said, I don't know that it was a mistake. I, I don't know that they could have made the money back. On, I mean, they're going to lose... They're going to take, what, a $100 million write-off, they're saying? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that number would be smaller had they gone straight to VOD. Uh, I mean, yeah. probably not, because you're not getting paid for it. Yeah, I mean, well, right? you're like, paid There's no for, ticket but... sales to a VOD. There's one. You get, yeah. like, what was 20 20 bucks. 
Well, you know, or, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, uh, Disney Plus got away with 30. Um, but did they, though? Because that didn't do what they thought it would do either. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they tried it. I just, I yeah, I don't think, I I don't, I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of Mulan, so, like, I don't know. I, I always feel like it doesn't have, like, the same level of support that, like, a Lion King does. Sure. Well, um, we can get into it after our introduction. Oh, yeah. I, guess, I oh, think yeah, it, all, it all depends on the details. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's not what you do. It's how you do it. Well, I guess let's go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and uh, rate and review us so people that come along after us know that we're worth a listen. And if you want to do something to help us out, doesn't cost you a dime, you can uh, share an episode. Join the League of Show Sharers. Uh, people who were kind enough to share an episode this week, Librarian Cynthia, Chris Williams, Tammy Sherman Powers, uh, Chris Magic Man, Julianne Jordan, Gabriel Lugo, Ralph Tribble, Chris Falls, Travis Tewitt, Ron Johnson, Chris Sanders, and then moving over to the Twitter. Uh, we have a Hulk, Nerd Adonis, Reviews Beyond Time, Podcast HQ, Geek to Me Radio, Nerd Revert, The Movie Journey Podcast, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, Binge Movies, Minorities Report Podcast, Ronnie Castle, uh, Invasion of the Remake, Ryan L. Terry from the Forza Crowd Podcast, and In Session Film. So, Thank you very much for sharing an episode. And, of course, you can find us on the Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out, and that's greatly appreciated. So, And the, and the, I just want to say the two folks that uh, upped their uh, donations, the the books are ready to go. You just bear with the American uh, UPS system right now, or well, UP, he USPS, had, I, because it I is... don't want to spoil things for them. <laughs> but he had to package. I mean, you can't just ship an Action Comics number one. No, no. There's there is the, yeah, <laughs> in a priority mail things you need to do. You got to right. put some. There's like a, co- a comic jeweler and all right. kinds of stuff. Put some <laughs> yeah. bubble wrap around that. Yeah. <laughs> and bubble then, wrap. Around. And I and and I don't feel like I'm. I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything because one of you is getting an action comics number one. Like just yeah, one of you is right. not. So I, one of you I, will just have to be happy now, with your detective twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. You just have to deal with it, I guess. Yeah. But they are they are <clears throat> they're ready to go. I'm just trying to give it some time. I don't want anything to get lost uh in the system. I've got packages that are sitting at a uh assortment center since December fourth. Oh so, yeah, I've, I, there's a there's an article that just came out the other day that's like your tracking hasn't updated yet. Yeah, yeah you're like it's out of your hands. Just, just you just yeah. gotta hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's <laughs> at this point like they're like stop update, stop refreshing your tracking updates. Like yeah, there's no point. So yeah, but it's, the, it was written. It's like it's in God's hands now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the the two folks that did it, they're ready to go. I'm just trying to give it some time so they don't get lost in the system. It is definitely a bad. I just got notification uh, yesterday. That my Biden ballot showed up. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's the other side that my uh, voice really has been heard. Woo <laughs> 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 woo! Oh. So uh, anyway, back to uh, to tenant. I always want to add an N, like tenant. A like tenant, a tenant, yeah. A tenant, yeah. So I, I mean, as far as box office on this one, the so what we're 
hinting at earlier with Wonder Woman and all the other things, and Joe had joked that the entire industry collapsed because of this film. If you remember, this movie was going to come out in what, March was the original release date? Yeah. And then Christopher Nolan and WB kept doubling down, and the word is that Nolan specifically doubled down on it because WB wanted to delay it. Of course, that's when we were in the middle of a global pandemic. It was the beginning of all that. And Little did you know that come December, we're still in the middle of a global pandemic. Well, I think based <laughs> on pretty quickly, we figured out it wasn't going to be over soon. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so of course, the theaters all shut down. They were the government imposed lockdowns all over the place and then they kept delaying tenant they uh, uh to their credit and you know i have not been a fan of mr diesel but uh, to their credit fast and furious 9 was, was it the it, first n- one was it th- the first one to say we're going to 2022 yeah, they're the I first believe. one that delayed it like that. Yeah. yeah, they they said, we're just going to delay it a year. So they didn't push it back a week and a month and keep doing that. They went ahead and did that. And, you know, this Tenet release was such a, a joke because of the way they kept delaying it and would and not say. Its original release date was July, though, wasn't it? I don't remember. I, it you was said July? March. Maybe I it was in March. I, I was like, it was supposed March. to be the big summer Okay, movie wasn't it? But it may have been. It may have been in March. Is then when they started delay, uh, I think delaying it by happened. a week yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, um, so all that stuff started and they delayed it. So credit to to Mr. Diesel and Universal for uh, delaying it a year because look at here we are in December. Uh, a lot of theaters are still not open, especially East and West Coast, and we're still dealing with all this crap and the whole VOD thing is a mess and all that. So anyway, um, but back to Tenet. So instead of pushing it off a year like reportedly WB wanted to do. Uh, Christopher Nolan came out and he wrote an op-ed and he actually mentioned B&B Theaters, which is a Missouri local theater chain, uh, in his little op-ed. I think it, it was it for the Wall Street Journal. I can't remember, or maybe Washington Post, but he actually mentioned them by names. And I mean, to his credit, I mean, he was right in saying that, you know, the theater industry is bigger than just, you know, the rich people in Hollywood and the studios. You've got all the people that, whether it's taking tickets or concessions or all these family-run businesses. And so he was trying to push for the fact that, like, we have to keep the theatrical experience. We can't just drop stuff on VOD like Trolls did, and they were the first one. And then all these people started talking about doing, everyone said Tenet go on VOD, like we're in a pandemic. And he's like, well, if we do that, there's all these jobs, businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So Tenet finally drops. They, after pushing the release date and pushing it and pushing it, and like they went as far as to even put the posters up at the Warner Brothers studio lot, and it was just like only in theaters. Like they were mm-hmm. doubling down as in they wouldn't put even put a date on it, but they also were saying only in theaters, you know, just to rub it in the face. Like it's not going on VOD, stop asking about it. Um, but it finally came out and it had extremely lackluster results in the U.S. So now overseas theaters were open when they weren't over here. Uh, obviously, overseas things at one point were doing better in certain areas than they were over here. Uh, and so it ended up on its $200 million budget, which doesn't include all the marketing and all the remarketing and the remarketing of the remarketing. Yeah. So like the budget <laughs> is ballooned way higher than that. But the production budget originally was $200 million reportedly. Um it made three hundred and three point six million overseas, and it only made fifty seven million. Fifty seven point eight is what it's at at this point uh, domestically. Um, so, if you say that you have to double the box office about to break even, I mean, you're looking at four hundred million without all the marketing stuff. Right. So it's at three sixty one. You know, I mean, it's definitely a huge loss for WB. But more importantly than one movie, and Tenet is not. I mean. 
Christopher Nolan movies are popular. They've become popular, but they're not Marvel movies, right? So, like, Tenet could have made a lot of See, money. See, okay, so that's where I kind of disagree. Okay, show in... me the numbers. No, no, no. I agree with the numbers, <laughs> but I think I, I think in the in what Christopher Nolan tries to accomplish in his movies, I, you know, like with the Batman stuff, I uh-huh. just I do think that they are films that should be seen most recently, right? Like, I don't think The Prestige is a film that you need to see in theaters. I don't think that Batman Begins or Pi or Insomnia are movies that you need to see in theaters. Pi, that's Aronofsky, isn't it? Oh, is it? Pi? Yeah, you're thinking of uh, The Hunted or that black... What was his first black and white movie? It's not Pi. You're thinking of... Is it haunting or haunted or hunt? What was Maybe I can't think of it. Well, Either way, like the, the, that early stuff is not are not things you need to see in theaters. But it's I guess it started with what was the DiCaprio one? What was the Inception? Inception. Inception is like where this starts, where these massive following set pieces yeah. like that's that's what, yeah the calling following uh, falling is his first black and white movie. Right, that that's right. Yeah. So like I don't and I th- I think this movie had every bit the opportunity to be as big as a Marvel movie when you figured I do too when you figure Dunkirk, which from a storyline standpoint is not a mass appeal thing right I mean it's it's a dad movie it's World War Two Greatest Generation and it made half a billion dollars uh, you know what yeah. I mean and so if right you, but if Marvel you, movies make two billion dollars that was my point one of them. <laughs> but most, yeah, of the, but well, most of the Marvel movies. I mean, yes, the the most the highest grossing movie uh, that they had made that. But most movies are coming in in that seven hundred to a billion dollar range. So if Dunkirk was about something the average, someone under seventy gave a crap about, like I think you could add another two hundred million dollars to that to that box office easy. You know, and I just I, and I think that Nolan now has gone to this style of filmmaking that in, I mean his movies. I do think that they are they need to be seen in the biggest way possible just because he does such crazy. I I don't mean crazy, but like just insane things on film. It's on the screen. The budget, everything is on the screen, even when he has big name actors. And, and I I don't feel like this movie has big name actors. I mean, Uh, I mean, Robert Pattinson probably is your biggest, but I mean, can he open a movie? That isn't Twilight. Not yet. Not not yet. yet. We'll I mean, I think I it's mean, coming. He's, he's not going to open. He's not going to yeah. open Batman. Batman's gonna Batman's going to open Batman. Right. But, but I, once he does, but once he, he does, and I think yeah. he will sure. be able to like. And I think Pattinson is great, and I think he's great in this movie. But but I don't. But just from a business standpoint, I yeah. don't know that he opens a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. And, yeah. But hold on, let me go back real quick. Pump the brakes. So yeah, my, my whole point. I didn't mean to get caught up on an offhanded comment. I because I think we're things are getting taken out of context. My whole point was that they chose Tenet to save theaters sure. as opposed to something like Wonder Woman. And I think that that was the wrong decision. That was my my whole Do point you, is that they chose this film, which is not. It's confusing. It doesn't have a star, like Tom said. I'm just saying, going back to my original point, is that when you're going to choose a movie that you're going to try to save theaters during a global pandemic, I don't think Tenet was the one to go with. And I, so they gambled on Tenet. I, I, well, and they gambled on Tenet because Nolan held their feet to the fire. I don't that's kind of where I was at. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I don't think that they would have had appreciably different results with Wonder Woman. I, I, okay. think, I, I, I do, but I, I don't. I, I think people were like, yeah. I'm not going to the movies. It's not I'm not risking my life for a stupid movie. And I and I it might have made a little bit more money, but I don't think it would have made radically more money. Yeah. I really but don't. I mean, I I would put money on it making more. I'm, I'm not saying it would have made four times as much, but my I think point it is made 10 percent more. 
I yeah, I really maybe. don't think that that people would have been like, I I got to go. Okay, so here's the point. It these big movies never should have been released. My point nope. wasn't that. Oh, they should have done Wonder Woman in theaters would be saved. So again, I don't want to take this out of context and keep harping on this. But my whole point is, I'm just trying to say they chose to run a movie that was never going to save theaters, yeah. and the hubris of Christopher Nolan pushing it out and. To clarify, I love Christopher Nolan films. I think he's an incredible filmmaker. I think he's a brilliant filmmaker. I love pretty much every film he's ever done. Um, I I think he's a genius. Seriously, he's a breath like, of fresh air. Nah, but he <laughs> is amazing. So this is not me. Like I'm, a, I, it's cool to hate on Christopher Nolan. No, 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 no. I think he's brilliant. I also think that he made a very stupid move during global pandemic. So it's just like okay, on the. I mean, I think the only right choice for it would have been to sit on this movie and wait till things were better. But right. that being said, how is Wonder Woman going straight to VOD a better choice financially, other than trying to save HBO Max? I mean, this movie's still going to generate more revenue than Wonder Woman is. It's just now it's got the perception that it didn't, even though it did. Like, right, it still made $360 million. Mm-hmm. And Wonder Woman's going to, and it's going to make whatever it gets in, in, in VOD rentals and purchases, whereas Wonder Woman's going to go to HBO Max and generate probably one-tenth of, of the actual yeah. cash. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, at this know? point, at this point, basically, Tenet was the test. People didn't show up, which proved what we all sensibly thought would happen. Yeah. And then now that it failed, they're like, well, we can't delay our entire year because things aren't back to normal after Christmas. I mean, this is going to be another year. And so right. th- if they shelve a year of movies, then what happens to the next year's movie? I mean, they can't do that. So they their decision, WB, was, okay, well, we will just release everything simultaneously on HBO Max and theaters. That way, theaters that are open can still sell concessions. People that won't go to the movie theaters can still have content to view. We don't delay our schedule. And we get $15 a month from all those new subscribers. So it was definitely a compromise. But the the entire the main point of this whole conversation is they should have never during a pandemic said, oh, we've got to keep theaters open because it just it was never going to work. But the sad thing is, is that they used this movie instead of delaying it to do it. And now it's the scapegoat where in the, in the scheme of things, I do agree with Tom. I don't think, like I said, Wonder Woman would have never saved theaters. Mm, I think yeah. it would have done better, but no movies were going to save theaters. And so it's just a shame that this has this dark cloud now hanging over it. And now there's this whole cool to hate on Nolan thing, which the, the reason I think Wonder Woman wouldn't have really done any better is because if you, if you think about it, uh, Tenant, while not inappropriate, is also not a family movie, right? Like it's yeah, not. Right. It's not. You know, I mean, there's no reason you couldn't take a ten year old to see this. They might be bored, but or and majorly confused. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but you know, you're not going to have to like have an awkward conversation with them when when the movie's over. Wonder Woman, on the other hand, is more of a family movie, right? Like it appeals mm-hmm. to all ages, and it, it and, and and so if if people aren't willing if if people aren't willing, if adults aren't willing to go to the movie with another adult to see Tenet, why would you think that they'd be willing to go take their children to a movie to see? Because I don't, because I don't think that logic checks out. Because I don't think people, people didn't show up to Tenet because there wasn't the draw to it. I think people would have showed up if, and if, with their kids. If you're not going to go out by yourself in a pandemic, you're not going to take your kids. 
but I don't think that many people would have braved the pandemic to see Tenet when I oh, think, I think people so. would have braved a pandemic to see Wonder Woman. I think in a normal I think no one, in has, a normal think year, no one has crossed that bridge. In a normal year, Tenet makes seven hundred million dollars. Yeah, it should have easily. Okay. Sure. Wonder Woman's probably gonna would have made what? Nine hundred like billion dollars, I think. I, th- I think Wonder Woman makes a billion. Okay, I, think I think the so. first one. But that's, okay, but that's again. That's, I mean, three hundred million dollars is a lot of money. But at this, when you're talking about, you're, that's not a crazy difference between those two movies. You know what I mean? No. I, and so I, so I, yeah, I, th- I don't I think, think that more... I think that Nolan Nolan has crossed that line where he has gone from. Uh, He's a name brand director. Yes, Nolan and can when, open a movie in a way that no one in this cast actually can. Yes, yes, that I, is absolutely right. And so, but okay, I David just, Fincher directed Mank. How how do you think that viewership and completion of views is going compared to another David Fincher movie? He's a name director. Okay, but he but he but that's apples and oranges. That's like saying, well, Tim Burton directed Batman. How's Big Eyes doing? You know what I mean? Like that's it's it's a totally different type of yeah. Of, there's nothing there's nothing about Mank that screams mass Fincher? appeal. Or Fincher. Or Fincher, Like, there's really. nothing about yeah. that movie that looks like a David Fincher movie. I just don't think he can go on name alone. I mean, yes, Chris, again, I love Chris. What about Tarantino? Nolan. Do you think, you, I mean, Tarantino can open a movie by himself? Sure. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter but if ta- you put a Tarantino I mean, movie. But you're also, but I think Mank's an unfair comparison because you're taking something that's not traditionally a Fincher type of film. If all of a sudden, sure. you know, Tarantino is a name that can open a movie. If Tarantino made a musical, I don't think so. <laughs> right? And yeah. so, the, I don't know, Man- maybe. <laughs> Mank is, is a Tarantino musical. The average person is going to go oh it's a, a movie about the making of a movie i probably never saw and don't care about from 70 years ago mm, i'm good so if <laughs> if mank had made a serial killer movie and put it on netflix <laughs> like it it would be go- oh yeah if it's if a fincher if fincher does a sequel to you know another one of the uh gillian 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 anderson books and puts flynn. that on netflix or what i'm sorry not anderson flynn yeah uh you know if she i guess there's one more of those left if they do that that's a massive you right. know so i mean you know you also have to pair up the director with with the right product for them to you know i mean he's he's established his brand with a certain type of movie and so his his brand in order to open a movie need, needs to be with that same type of film if he's going to do yeah. something different no, then it's, and no yeah. one has done that nolan's last probably from the was the dark inception on They've all had like these, you know, the massive mm-hmm. set pieces and the twists and the turns and the double and you know the double, double triple takes and so like that that has kind of come to be expected in a Nolan movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that the Prestige did that too, though, right? Like yeah. that was the double Memento. Memento did too. Did I mean, that's, Memento he, that, did it as that's well. Yeah, I guess that's his, that's his thing. That's always been yeah. his thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So if he were to do something where it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna do a autobiography on Bela Lugosi. Yeah, and yeah, just like okay. But I think I, I think we're like getting that. off track here because none of this is my point. My point is that movies shouldn't have opened during a pandemic, and so that's a good point. This yeah. the whole point of this conversation is saying that they bet the farm on this one. I think there are movies that would have done better, but only marginally, and we're all in agreement here. Still, whether it's small number or a large number, it's it, there are movies that would have done better. But either way, whatever movie it was was going to be the scapegoat. That's just the fact of the matter. None of the movies would have been released in theaters and quote unquote saved theaters. So instead of delaying it, 
this is what we got. And now the entire 2021 slate of WB films yeah. is going to the day and date release theaters. Like we said before, for the people that want to go and for HBO max, hopefully they'll up their subscribers, uh, you know, 15 bucks a month. And it is, I think one of the best streaming libraries there is. It's, it's hard to beat it's an it, amazing honestly. catalog. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a, just movies like it's it's TV and all kinds. Yeah. of stuff. Yeah, no, they got great stuff on there. I mean, so. I it's I I've been a subscriber since day one. It's it's good. I think they I think this will I mean, as they're hoping to do, I think this will really it's going to boost the number of subscribers. People are going to see the value in it and hopefully they'll be able to keep the numbers up because we talked in the past about their botched, you know, names and different releases. Yeah. And, you know, it's a great service that has had terrible marketing and a terrible rollout. So that's what hap- that's that that's what happens when a media company is not. In con- not in control of what they do, right? right? Like when, a a phone, when a phone company buys a media company, yeah. yes. you know, it, it, yeah. DC. Uh, it, this is DC Comics is is going through this problem right now. Like they are in this weird state of flux where they don't, you know, they're canceling. People are getting fired. Like there's just all kinds of oh, stuff sure. going on with AT and T bottom because of AT and T. Now they're and like they don't care. And NBC had the same issues in the 80s when GE bought them, and right. they were just like the guys that. Build refrigerators are making the calls. What's that mean? <laughs> yeah, like, right. Okay, I guess. But, exactly. Uh, but let's talk about the actual film, right? The, so, ah. so now here we are left with the question: Is d- this movie that started all this controversy that changed WB's business strategy for at least another year? Was it worth the fuss? I mean, was was Nolan right in thinking this should have been on the big screen? Is this movie as good as all the hype surrounding it? I mean, and, it should have uh, been on the big screen. It, it, yeah. I mean, it it also shouldn't have been. I mean, right. I get you know what I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. get, but I mean, this movie would definitely definitely benefits from being on the big screen in a way that I think most movies, even action movies, it doesn't make that big of a difference. I think this movie is constant spectacle, yeah, and, yeah, and would have would have greatly improved. Seeing this on an IMAX screen would have been ridiculous yeah so I, i'm of I'm of two minds because i'm the type of person that while i love the theatrical experience i don't think any movie needs to be on the big screen but can it be improved by the big screen sure sure there's i mean a bigger sound bigger picture i'm most times i'm not gonna go well that's just too big and too loud to enjoy the movie you know what i mean most <laughs> yeah. of the times it will be improved i don't think you have to for anything but this movie is the only movie i've seen in theaters since the pandemic started did you I had the chance to i had the chance to see it in theaters because i I got a last minute invite uh, from WB and I saw it in a 400 seat auditorium with six people all in masks. <laughs> so okay. we it was the beginning of the pandemic. They invited me to see it and there were so few people. I was like, well, I guess because I mean, if I'm going to go to the grocery store, I'm in more contact with people than like we're all spread out. It was right. And, and it was incredible. I mean, yeah. to Nolan's point and the theatrical people's point, like it was amazing. It was the first movie. This was in the summer, and we had been the pandemic since March. The last movie I saw was like, what, The Hunt in February before that? So after all that time away, I will say it was amazing. The sound. I saw it in an IMAX screen. The sheets, the, the seats were shaking. Um, the Ludwig Gorenson score is incredible with that like pulsing through your body as these action sequences happen. It was absolutely amazing. So I will say like I got the chills. Like it was, and not from 
COVID or anything, but like, <laughs> I, I. Do you also have shortness of breath, loss of t- taste or smell, <laughs> sneezing? So I will say, I mean, of course, like like we mentioned, the- theater is amazing, and it was an experience. So I will say, if you had the chance, or if this gets re released, which I'm sure it will eventually, I think it's still it in technically the- in theaters, isn't it? Is it, yeah, it's in theaters the, now. Really? Even though it's still yeah, in theaters? It, it, okay. it was day... Oh, no, it wasn't. But it was... No. But they still, sure it's still in theaters. Yeah. Able, okay. But, uh, if you have the, but we're still in a pandemic. So, I mean, like, when everything's over, and if you have the chance to see it, I will say it is an amazing experience. And so, sitting there, I was of the two minds where I'm like, well, okay, I totally get it. Yes, this is great. And then I'm like, okay, so this should have been delayed a year, right? So everyone can see it like this. And, and mm-hmm. um, But it's a confusing plot. I'm sure that we're, you know, it's going to be kind of hard, but we'll it, try. We'll try it's our simple. best. simple. <laughs> I mean, without trying yeah, the, to. Yeah, the story it. is honestly pretty straightforward. It's, it, uh, you know, yeah. it, there's a big evil guy trying to destroy the world and they're going to stop it. And then there's some car chases. He, like it's, it's almost like he made a James Bond movie. He absolutely made but, a James oh, Bond Oh, this movie. feels just like it. I watch yeah, it again. But it's, it's James, a James but it's Bond movie. Chris Nolan. Yeah. It's a like, James I kind yeah. of, I kind of want him to do a James Bond movie now. It's a, I, 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 it's a James Bond movie with it. a sci-fi twist. And, yeah. Yes. or flavoring but oh uh, mash when you watch Noel when you watch uh Pattinson and John David Washington talk about their plans and sneaking into places it's like oh my god it's, it's I, so, yeah. to me the the costumes seem very bond esque oh, like the, oh it, like high high price suits it, yeah. it feels and it feels very much like like early Sean Connery era bond mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's was he know, ever was he ever talked about to do bond at any point like post Brosnan, I don't think like seriously. Okay, it just feels. I mean, I I know that James Bond is like kind of a religion for some folks in the UK. Like it's kind yeah. of their, you know, yeah. And it just feels like if I'm if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it my way. And then wh- whoever owns it is it MGM is like no, MGM like, distributes I'll, it. They don't own it. Broccoli is, it is? is the one that broccoli. Yeah. Barbara Broccoli is in charge of it. So it's eight hundred million dollars. And it, oh, we talked about that. And it's like Which, that's all they do. Is make bomb yeah. movies. They don't do anything else. Can't fine. And if the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So this one, John David Washington plays uh, a character just called protagonist. I had to look it up on IMDb. Yeah. I was like, did they ever say his name? No, they never do. He's literally just called the protagonist. And I think once you understand the spoilers surrounding this movie, they never give him a name because if people knew his name. Right. There would be certain other people that would know who he is or what he's done. You know what I mean? It's like, and this movie is all about the less you know, the better, because it involves time travel, but not in the traditional sense. It's all real time travel. So, yes, if you go back in time, it's because you've been inverted with this future technology and you have to live the amount of time that you go back. So you're traveling backwards, but it's not like in a one to one ratio. Yeah. You're not you like going to 1985 yeah. instantly. You you would have to wait <laughs> thir- 40 years or whatever. So it uh, it deals with that. And so I think there's certain people or uh architects of this plan that, that go throughout this entire movie that you can't know the information because in no right. fashion right, right. you would be able to figure things out and blah 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 yeah. so. once once the once the you see the magician do the trick yeah it's no longer exactly. a trick. uh so yeah so that i mean and this was this opening scene in, in the in the opera house is spectacular it's so cool like it's it's amazing like it's <laughs> and that score I, I right was, like yeah tom like we mentioned it's, scores it's did you notice yeah. the score in this movie? I did. I did. Because yeah. this is a freaking score. This yeah. Ludwig Göransson, 
who I hope gets Oscar nomination and I think would deserve to win. This movie is so set off. I mean, as much amazing spectacle as there is and great performances, but it's like that score drives this film. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah, the way this, the score almost inverts itself whenever mm-hmm. they... Uh, yeah, when they invert, they actually play mm-hmm. things backwards. Like in yeah. that blue and red room, the score starts going backwards it's it's yeah. amazing what they do uh, technically this movie is another nolan brilliant piece of brilliance this, like it, this is oh yeah this was not it reminded me a lot of 1917 and just like right, the, right. the, the scope yeah. of it yeah the fact that he pulled um, this off the fact that someone insane. someone gave nolan 200 million dollars <laughs> to make a non-superhero movie that does this you want to kind, talk about a blank check yeah that no one can comprehend possibly without further research or multiple viewings like the fact that they gave him the money to pull this off is just mind blowing, right? I do love when when John David Washington, when we, when he wakes up and figure out trying to figure out what's going on, they kind of take the looper approach, where the the gal he's talking to is like, "Look, don't try to understand yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, like, feel it's, it. It's not it, yeah. it's not going to matter. Yeah. Like, just that was we'll definitely fig- a, we'll a nod to go. the audience for sure. <laughs> but but you're not supposed to, and you would never know what's going on in this opening scene. This cold open at the opera house is just like. I think it's I mean I think it's pretty self-explanatory is that he's like a special ops guy they're going in there for a certain mission we don't know what it is that's what I'm and saying then, you would never when he's going to people and he's like you've been made what are you doing like what are they actually trying to do you would never know what they're actually doing no. until you watch the movie yes that is correct uh so like like Kevin said is he he comes in contact with this uh I guess sleeper agent who has been undercover or is like their contact and uh, they're looking for this piece of tech. They don't really say what it is. There's no really explanation as to what the tech is, but John David, Watt, the protagonist needs it. And that's why they're there. Should we spoil um, it as we go? So we I don't have to we go should. back to the whole movie. Okay. I think yeah, so. Probably. So what they're looking for and watch this movie before you listen to this. Cause we're going to spoil yeah, the crap yeah, out of it. Spoilers. Like so yeah, you need to watch the movie first. What they're trying to do is find the final piece of the puzzle that the bad guy of this film, the villain Sater played by Kenneth Branagh is trying to put oh. together all assembled. I think, what is it? Nine pieces, nine, nine pieces from the total. future. Yeah. And so the last piece, uh, basically they've, encoded a formula of how to invert things the technology they use in this movie is not invented till the future and the future has buried and sent backwards because and follow me here because the technology has been inverted itself with the technology this formula is traveling back in time so that the future people can essentially erase the people of the past and like make a better future for themselves so this last piece of the formula is at this opera house or supposedly or whatever it's it's uh they think it's plutonium throughout the whole movie but really it's just this like artifact that has this formula but that's what he's there without knowing what he's doing he's trying to recover that final piece right uh and then it kind of goes wrong uh the the first the first hint that we may have time travel is when um john david washington is trying to protect uh this person and a bullet a bullet hole like where a bullet hole had appeared in front of him disappears uh and a bullet goes through and like shoots reverses, right like yeah. it, it shoots backwards he's you know uh the protagonist turns around sees a guy in this full mask and he realizes he just our main character just has to keep going forward yeah. uh ends up he gets captured uh one of the guys so who the, he thought was on his team the guy that saved him is the guy we see at the end of the movie. The backpack has the little 
a yes. red string with like a washer attached to it. So that's the Correct. first and time the washer that we said something. It had something engraved on it, but I couldn't read. Oh, what did it, it really? I didn't it realize. Did. That. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I didn't see it until the the end of the movie. Okay. But yeah, but it did. but the clue is so when you go back and watch it, and obviously at the end of the movie it's revealed. But but when you're watching it again, you're like, oh yeah, there it was. So we right. know that that character again. Spoilers is actually Robert Pattinson traveling backwards through time. He so, has inverted himself. Yeah, so anything that goes backwards in time that does the time travel thing is called inverted. So we'll just refer to it as that's the term they use in the movie. Um, if it had that formula applied to it to travel backwards, it's inverted. And the physics are all backwards. So like if people are inverted, they can't breathe oxygen because they breathe carbon dioxide or carbon monoxide. No, carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide. Yeah. So they breathe carbon dioxide. Uh, fire is cold. Everything physically is like backwards. And it's bizarre world. Yeah. So they have to yeah. bring their own oxygen with them if they're people, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, this right. is Pattinson actually save future Pattinson's actually there like at the end of the movie saving it's an, it's an interesting it's an interesting concept because they it's kind of like back to the future where the movie ends up catching up to itself and then it inverts the movie actually inverts itself but there's no alternate timelines in this version there's so no alternate timelines that's true it's all I'm one. just saying like there you get to a point with your main characters where all of a sudden the the movie inverts and the movie starts going backwards the whole, but with a different story. The whole movie is doing what they talk about yes, with, with the, exactly. the, the thing that they run at the end, you know? Well, so right. the reason why this thing falls apart is because Seder knows what they're going to do because he what they do is they they invert themselves, they go back and live through whatever the experience is, and then they invert themselves again to go forward, and they correct whatever they just saw happen right so they're kind of like going back in time and reading the sports almanac and knowing who's going to win they're just exactly. living it backwards seeing it and then going forwards and now they can undo whatever in their mind was bad and they can win so Seder knows what's going to go down and that's why his guys are able to kidnap the protagonist um you know and do all that stuff well, this is the thing is like yeah so they 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 pull they basically pull the protagonist's teeth out like they're torturing him and finally, at the last second, he the, the guy, uh, the protagonist's partner who was still there, kind of like they think he's dead, but he's not totally dead. And he hands um, the protagonist a cyanide pill and the protagonist leaps on it, takes a bite. Uh, and then he wakes up and he realizes he's being, you know, in this secret organization and he's told that's it, called tenant. It's a test. Um, it was a test. It was all a test just to test your loyalty. Who would take the pill? Because uh, they say in the movie, it's one thing to say that you'd run into the burning building to save people. But when you feel the heat, are you going to still go in? And so, right. which is a good line. And the, yeah, I mean, the, the siege wasn't the test. Just the existence of these pills were the test. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, and I think the movie is um, a very well written movie. There's a lot of really interesting dialogue. There's some, I guess there's I some, had some clunky dialogue, it. too. But yeah, but uh, but oh, but overall, but yeah, overall, it's it's very well. And there's some great dialogue, but there there is some kind of clunky dialogue when he's like, if I can't have, you know, when I'm like, that's a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah, but, he Kenneth Branagh definitely went for it. I mean, he, those scenes. I think I, it works, I, think, though, I like, feel <laughs> like Kenneth Branagh knew that that was like a pretty yeah. like movie of the week piece yeah, of dialogue yeah. and was trying to dress it up or like mm-hmm. even the first thing the. The guy says to to uh, the protagonist when he's w- when he wakes up when he's like, "There's a cold war. It's cold as ice." And I'm like, <laughs> "Are we gonna start singing foreigner songs? What are we doing? I are think, you willing uh, to sacrifice?" 
your love. Um, <laughs> I think there are uh, a lot of the things they say that were like code, though. It's like, you know how he's, what does he say? What's the main? Yeah, you're in a Twilight world. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot of it is. Some is of like, it is, but that line wasn't code. Like, he was trying yeah. to be dramatic. <laughs> he was like, no, it's, it was co- it's Cold War. <laughs> so, so anyway, it was a test, and basically he was, he's being brought into this organization tenet this and but the reason the whole reason for them doing all this was because his future 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 way future self orchestrated all this to make sure that he would be brought into the organization (laughs) it seems a little seems a little out there that seems like a lot of work to just make sure your your past self is set on this path i mean there's lots of things going on but one of the things was he had to be (laughs) set into motion to do all this right because the, right. this movie again no alternate timelines everything that that will happen has already happened and so it had to happen this way because that's how it happens i mean it they're, they're just saying that like this is the way that he gets brought in they, they also make a reference to time cop where he's where they say like you can't come into contact with yourself in the past otherwise it's bad mm. and that's that's the premise of time cop like that's <laughs> why like at the end of that movie is the villain touches a past version of himself and they become like, and it was weird. But I think a lot Very of movies do that. It's yeah, also I mean, like a, a lot of time travel movies are good. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I just, I remember it from time cop and I was like, interesting time travel movie. But to, uh, you're not ever supposed right. to meet your, don't they even, isn't they? Even, you're never supposed to meet. Yeah. That's the back. To yeah. The that's like, like, you can't come in. You can't meet your yeah, future self. But they're based. So basically what they're saying is that they share the same particles. Like they're made up of the exact same elements. That's the time cop part. You, you know, like I guess it's like, matter can't be created or destroyed whatever like you can't have the same molecule occupy the same space and so if you touched yourself well, and i'm not a physics guy but my my guess is is that since it's the same molecules and you've reversed the entropy of one of the molecules like you're, right. it's basically like it's going to cause an ex, an explosion like, i think it would probably cause a literal explosion because it's like one thing's trying to go this way and true. the other thing's trying yeah, to go yeah. the other way and if you and if they touch it's like when a cold front and warm front meets and now you 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 got yeah, a hurricane exactly that's a good good call exactly go watch time so cop. you can't this is the this is the exact same yes, thing the whole movie cop. is actually a remake of <laughs> yes. time cop. but but it's kind of but so moving forward i mean if we just want to kind of generalize the premise so we've we've already basically explained what they're doing but in the movie the protagonist has to go throughout this series of events to basically stop Seder. so as tom well said, he's tracking down this bullet like that's where it all comes down to is he's trying to track this bullet uh, we get the amazing. I, I think it's better just to talk about the amazing sequences where, so like sure. there's there's a whole almost Batman esque where there where Robert Pattinson and uh, the protagonist like jump off the side of this building with like bungee cords and it's like they like bungee Lord. jump up the building. Yeah, look, yeah. It, it does. It looks like something out of Batman. Yeah. I mean, that's a cool scene. Um, and th- and that's that, a very cool. scene. That's also some dialogue that I really like when when uh, Neil, who's Pattinson, and the protagonist are talking and he's like. He, you know, and he, he's like, what do you say? Is it parachutable? And he's like, he's like, no, but it's great. And he's like, that's not a word. <laughs> yeah, it, it may not be, but it may be your only way in there. Whatever. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> there's some great dialogue. There is some great dialogue there. Like I said, there's some real clunkers, but there's there's it's uh, it's funnier than I expected. I mean, it's not like a it, comedy John David Washington. They gave him like. Uh, like quips to say like yeah. they gave yeah. he's james bond he's, yes like that's the whole thing is that yeah the, i ordered sure. my hot sauce an hour ago yeah there's, right. there's clunk- <laughs> that's a good that's a great he, line he riffed that that's not in the script nice. oh is that right yeah. but that's good but yeah there's clunky dialogue but it's also like yeah in bond movies there's also some really v- villain-esque like cheesy stuff that oh, villains do sure. right 
and Any so t- anytime they introduce one of the female Bond girls, right? It's like, so it's oh, like okay. this movie has those elements to it, and also, but there's like that really the really funny quips and everything. But then there's also some really heartfelt dialogue that's good. So like, I think Pattinson is great in this movie. I this this yeah. was one of the first times I remember watching Pattinson and not being like ugh. It, like I, I know there, proving. I know there's more stuff out there. This, but this was the first time I remember being like, okay, I can see this this Batman. I can see this Batman working. This is his big like, this makes budget, sense. not test because he already has the job. But for audiences, this was like you know they're both WB movies. They put yeah. him in this movie, and they're so like they put him with the Batman guy. Yeah, they're like right, yeah. like Nolan's the Batman exactly. guy, and they're like, much. see this guy. So I think this was like their soft, like their introduction, general audiences to Pattinson to be like, look, this dude in a non Twilight setting, exactly. Even though they well, say not, Twilight even, like forty times in this movie. <laughs> he did I'll say it a lot but I do think like he's kind of he has steered his career to his credit mm-hmm. oh I know uh, he has from, we, we all know Twilight. he has I'm saying this is right. general audiences sure sure yeah. sure that's what I'm Proving. saying is like they wow. yeah yeah this is the first time where I was like okay maybe I will have a hard time punching him in the face yeah Pattinson's like, been got, slugging <laughs> it out in the art houses to prove to the industry that he's a real actor and yeah. this is right his first like we'll throw some real money at Put you in something that's got real money behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, the the basically when we learn about the inverse bullets and everything, they trace those casings to India, and that's why they're bun- doing the bungee jumpable jump up to this building. They meet an arms dealer, and which I enjoyed this little twist yeah. where it's you, you think it's the the husband, and then the the woman's like, "Go make us some coffee." Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, like okay. Priya, I, I think it was her Priya name, her uh, name. Uh, but she's like yeah, she's Priya. like a masculine front, and the arms business is a smart move to have and so yeah everyone mm-hmm. thinks they're dealing with the husband uh but it's really her and so she's involved but again until we get through the movie we really don't fully understand what they're trying to do but she, you know she gives him some information but eventually we find out that she's kind of orchestrating things too like she's double crossing people to try to get this formula and everything to right. stop she's also in the hunt for this formula yeah. like it's not just kind of she's Brenna, trying to stop Seder, well. but she also needs Seder because he's the only one right. that has all the pieces of this puzzle together but so they meet and she kind of sends him on his way right so then we're introduced to cat mm-hmm. is that her name yeah, yeah. who is Seder's uh, wife mm-hmm. i mean i don't know why i question <laughs> it's her it's his wife she is his wife but it's not a good but they're like a, like almost estranged is, like they're yeah, not yeah. in a good place um so the protagonist kind of has to pull a James Bond style move where he poses as like this billionaire art dealer. Michael Caine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is always fun. Like I was like, all right, cool. Albert cameo. Old. Yeah. Yeah. He did look pretty old. It's funny. We that. had to stop it. I was watching this with my son and, and he's 16. We had to stop yeah. it to like, we were like, do you recognize him? You just watched a movie with him. And he's like, what? He could not place it. And finally we were like, he's Get Scrooge. Car. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what? Like, it totally blew his mind. <laughs> yeah, we were. My wife uh, and I were joking. We were watching this movie, and because uh, I was telling her how like he's Denzel Washington's son, and I was like, when we get to the scene, I was like, twenty listen. years ago, the the dinner scene with Cat. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I was like twenty years ago, that would have been Gwyneth Paltrow. And she's like, and 20 years ago, that would have been Denzel Washington. And I was like, and 
20 years ago, Kenneth Branagh would have been Kenneth Kenneth Branagh. Branagh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, still Kenneth Branagh. It is crazy that, I mean, I know that we've... <laughs> he doesn't change. Like, if you haven't seen Black Klansman, you need to. It's amazing. But when you listen to the way John David Washington talks, yeah. he oh, sounds I, exactly just like, like him. Like his father. Yep. If you were to close your eyes and just listen yeah. to the dialogue in this movie... It's. I mean, it makes sense. He grew up around it, but he talks just like his father. I feel like he has a same in he, his contract where he's like, "You cannot make me guarantee something." Oh yeah, <laughs> I will not, not say that. No. <laughs> he's like, "I'll promise it, I or promise. I'll say that I might do yeah. it eventually." Swear, but I won't guarantee. But I will it. not guarantee. <laughs> did you? Okay, so uh, did you guys look up because it's kind of relevant to the scene? Did you guys look up the Seder Square? I did no, well, and is, I, I I stumbled on it by accident because I th- I th- when they get to the Freeport, the Freeport yeah. is built by a company called Rotus, mm-hmm. which is Seder backwards, and yeah. so I was like, oh, does Seder really own this? Like that's, and so I Googled Rotus, and it pulled, and up and then you saw Seder all the stuff in between. I, yeah, Th- this is amazing. So there is this like ancient artifact in real life that was discovered, and it's called the Seder Square, and it's in is it it's it's wherever they were. Uh, Kat talks about that Max, her son, was going to go travel to, is it Greece? Or like they were going to by himself or when they all went together? Well, they were supposed to go together and he does end up going by himself. But it was found in real life wherever it was that they were traveling to. So, I mean, there's there's a bunch of them. It was like almost like a toy people played with. But but the oldest known version of it was found in the ruins of Pompeii. Pompeii, right. So they're going to visit Pompeii and that's where Cat is supposed to go with him. So that's where it was discovered, the oldest one. And so the Seder Square, so the villain of this movie is called Seder. And the Seder Square is this... Uh, is five rows of words and no matter how you read the letters going left to right up to down down to up like they all spell the exact same thing so this movie's called tenet t-e-n-e-t reversed is t-e-n-e-t so the Seder square goes Seder, arepo who is the art dealer who forged these drawings the painting that they're after that they're after tenet is the third word opera which opens the movie and kind of closes the movie or towards the close of the movie. And Rhoda's is the security company that Tom mentioned that uh, runs a lot of these, these free ports that the, which is where they hide the turnstiles and Rhoda's means uh, one of the meanings of it is wheel. So there you go. go. So, so that's So the Seder square that they built all this around is a real thing. And yeah, it's just, you look it up, Google Seder square and you'll see it and all the words are hidden in this square and you can just put the letters, like no matter how you go up, like at the bottom word, Rotus, if you start at O and go up, it's opera. And then if you go to the middle down is tenet and then it's also in the other middle going left to right like it's really cool so anyway uh just mentioning it so this dealer uh gave cat a forged painting and they had an affair and she ended up selling it to uh Sater, who you know is now blackmailing her with the knowledge of like yeah. you're this supposed to be this art dealer and you sold you me a fake con by this painting con and so clearly like you know this would ruin your life blah 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 and it's a you were having an affair so like you could also go to jail blah 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 so he's holding that over her head as blackmail and also like kind of controlling their son's life like well he basically i think wasn't the deal is that you can leave like he kind of says, you can leave to to Kate to Cat is like you can leave, but you will have no contact with well, your son. Well, that's ever. like the straw that broke the camel's back. That's the the right, when right, right. push comes to shove. That's what really 
ruin like the relationship was bad but like when that happened it changed everything because for a second she contemplated because she hated her life so bad for a second contemplated okay i'll leave my son to get away from him but then snapped out of it but obviously held that against him and and all that stuff so anyway uh Mm -hmm. she ends up telling the protagonist uh, through the meeting like there's that great kitchen scene uh they meet to have dinner but then satyr's guys are there and then they do that awesome fight in the kitchen it's he's i will give nolan credit i know that i kind of bagged on him uh with the batman stuff and even it, like he would get super tight on the action like on the, Just on the, the fist first well, batman begins was a little like close up but yeah, it, it got no better bad. it was real bad yeah, it got better uh and I, I will say in this one he's kind of he's gotten even better like he pulls back and lets john david washington do his oh my thing, god cheese grater using a cheese I, oh that's rough. i loved how <laughs> how confined that fight scene in the kitchen was because it because it would be confined like it's a yes, tight space yes. and it was but the, i felt like that. the camera pulled back enough to let you see him yeah, I think Joe's complimenting I, like, him that even in yeah. confined space, you could tell what was happening. Whereas yeah. like Batman Begins was like close up on their elbows, you know, like it just like yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah. I kind of want to see Batman do the one thing right. I want Batman to do so, instead of like. So, know, so the next day sex she, with Wonder Woman. <laughs> so he sneaks his phone number in Cat's pocket and the next day they do end up meeting and she says that he's blackmailing me and he's got this painting. And so in order to get to Seder to get the the device and the plutonium and all the stuff he needs like he has to arrange a meeting and the only way he can do that is to convince cat like to help her get this painting back so it's kind of right. win-win so this is where he and pattinson orchestrate this amazing jane bond massive heist yeah right and it's so cool so they're basically gonna break <laughs> into this free port which is basically like a tax-free shelter when you're shipping things rich people can store their valuable art that's valued at millions of dollars I love that they got the guy from that beatles movie he's yeah. awesome he's great I love he's he's good. Yeah. Yeah. So so they so they basically import the art and then this free port instead of just being like a warehouse, it's like nice and they have couches and they can like look at their art and enjoy it, but they don't have to pay. That scene where the guy's greeting them, the 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 like the foyer or lobby that they're in, yeah. It looked to me it, it looked to me like the 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 waiting area from 2001. 2001. It looks ju- I thought yeah. the exact same thing. I, I was it like, as soon as you said that it looks like in the beginning when the guys walk when he's getting ready to get on, oh! on the TWA space station. Yeah. 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 Looks yeah. A lot like it. I agree. Um, I've never huh. read or heard anything about that, but when you said something, I, it triggered my memory. I'm like, yep. I yeah. know what he's talking about. Um, so anyway, they do this awesome heist. So the plan is that they're going to crash a 747, another palindrome of a word, uh, this huge uh-huh. plane that's uh, transporting gold. They are going to take that and crash it into the building. The gold that they drop out of the plane will distract people, and then they are going to be able to break in and destroy, get this painting or destroy it or whatever while there's this distraction, and that will get past the security. But the problem is that all this stuff is protected in the case of a fire. Um, you can't have sprinklers. It sucks the oxygen right yeah, out. Yeah, you it. can't have sprinklers because that would ruin the millions of dollar art. So they use a gas that, like, yeah, eliminates the halide gas. It basically well, so basically what it does is it it sucks all the oxygen out of the room, smothers the fire, which kills a fire. Yeah. So I di- I couldn't I did like when before we learned that John David Washington is kind of walking around when they're prepping. He's like for this heist and he's doing this weird mm-hmm. breathing. I'm like, what is he doing? Yoga. And then when we find out what. <laughs> Yeah, right. When we find out, I was like, oh, that's 
Man, yeah, that's some good storytelling. Like that, that's good. That's that's good. Movie when you making. watch it a second time, you catch a lot. There's a lot of clues. Yeah. Just like Nolan plants clues. This is what he does. Yeah, right? sure, sure. Well, uh, yeah, because like when they're going through the when they're when they're picking these locks in the Freeport, and then uh, Neil starts punching in the codes, and I was like, where do they get the codes? But like, if you go back and watch. When the guy's showing him around, he's punching in codes, and he's just staring at Memorizing his hands it. while yeah, he does right, it because right. <laughs> yeah. he's not hiding it. And so, because right. um, I was just like, "Well, how does he know the code? Come on!" And it was like, "Nope, nope, that's there." Also, that's Neil is—we don't know how many times he's been inverted and how many versions of Neil. That, like, I, it's confusing with the timeline, but he also has a lot of experience with this stuff, and like, right, he knows about inversion. He could go back and go forward and go back and go forward and learn things. Oh, I you see. Know what I mean, you're he saying. has access to the technology. We don't know at this point, like. In John David Washington's mind, he's just this like rookie contact that he has. Right, but right, right. We're gonna learn spoilers that he is like. We're, we're learning very quickly that that Neil is very capable uh, at a lot of well, things that he needs to be. Capable and Neil at. knows a lot about people, including the protagonist. And in this whole business, they don't give any information out about themselves. The less they know, the better, right? And so it's curious. Yeah, like that in their first meeting, Neil already knew what the protagonist's drink of choice was. Yeah, which and they should have, like, John David Washington has no record. Like, he yeah. he has no traceable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even before yeah, that, like, right, being right. a CIA operative or whatever, like, he has no tracks. Like, Pattinson should not be able to find anything on him, yet he knows all this stuff about him. So so that's your first clue, but come to find out they've known each other for a very long time, but it's in the future. And he's you know, so anyway, but but so you see this great thing go down and they have to hold their breath and they're frantically trying to, you know, as the oxygen's pulled out, they're trying to lock pick and their lock picks break and it's a really <laughs> that was a good scene, too, yeah. scene and it's really fun. So when the other big action sequence here that we're gonna see twice from two different perspectives is that once they get out of there, they hear something and they go into the rooms that are also red and blue, because that's like the mm-hmm. forward and backwards motion. Red is always going forward in time, blue is inverted. And so so they find two of these turnstiles and spoilers again he John David Washington the protagonist has to fight his future self that is going to be him this protagonist at the end of the movie so yeah, we don't right. know that yeah. at this point but yeah yeah none of this so that's what makes the movie so fun I, I you know it's it's funny I, when I see the guy with the full face mask yeah. and I'm just like well all right this is a Chris Nolan movie and the this guy that David Wa- John David Washington is fighting, I can't see his face right. at all. And he's blocking like, every move of his. Yeah, right. And he's very adept at fighting. Uh, he, you know, it's almost like he knows what he's going to throw before. I he, mean, you know, I think that he throws it's a it. fair <laughs> guess that you. So you my might have... my question in this scene though is that when they're up against the window, if he's fighting himself. Why is he shooting his gun? Because he's purposely <laughs> unloading it so that he can't use the gun against him. He's unloading it. He clearly shoots at the window because they're struggling. He's shooting all the bullets out. Yeah. So that, so that, because uh, oh, yeah. he's going backwards. So, yeah. but they're touching, but no, not. But they're not touching skin the suits, to skin. Remember, and so oh, you pick up yeah, this okay, stuff okay, when you okay, watch okay. it again. But at the end of the movie, the the military force, the lady says, "Well, I guess this is towards the middle." But she says, "He." John, De- the protagonist is like, I don't want to wear all those suits. It's like, okay, but these are all designed so that you don't touch because if you do touch, you're going to explode or whatever. Like, so <laughs> that's right. When he's getting 
when he's going to be inverted for the first yeah. time. She does. So tell he's him that. You're right, the right. future one is in that special suit that's designed to totally cover him. But yeah, so when I went back and watched it, it's like he clearly is aiming away. So they're struggling, but he's like, I got to unload this gun because he's going backwards. And if he didn't unload the gun, that gun would be there with bullets. And I think the our present protagonist could have used it against him or something. So he's making oh. sure that gun is unloaded is what he's doing. Interesting. Yeah, because he does he does break it apart. Yeah, too. and That's then he breaks point. it at the end. He's totally unloading uh-huh, uh-huh. it and disassembling it. So it's I mean, this is a smart movie. You gotta like the way this movie's written is as much as you may think, well, it's kind of up its own ass because it's so complex and everything. Like they thought this movie through and through and through and there, I think there's a difference between being up your own ass and being pretentious compared to like this. Like this is the, when you think it through and you're not just doing stuff to do stuff. I think that's a different. It's a different. It's a different beast. Yeah, I mean, I you know, love like, it, but I, a lot of people are mad at this movie because they say Christopher Nolan has made an uncomprehensible, pretentious, you know, like just crazy movie that no one can understand. So it's not my opinion, but a lot of people kind of rail on it for that. I but. think this movie is understandable. I think, but I th- I think that. I don't know that you can fully understand it on your first time through. Well, that's the, what the people. No, are, it's definitely a that's what the watch, people are yeah. mad about. That they, they yeah. a lot of some people are of the opinion. How dare you make me watch a movie? But twice. a lot of people think that you should be able to understand a movie on the first try, and if you can't, you fail. That's an opinion. I'm not saying it's mine, but people. And, and but I think like this movie's a puzzle. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, and and it's and in a lot of ways, it's a magic trick. And yeah. so. You can in, in and and it and I I agree. I had the exact same thought. Like when the when the lady at the beginning says like, "Don't think about it." Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> "That's for us." Yeah, right. Thank you. And <laughs> and and it was like, and it honestly, it kind of freed me up for the movie. I was like, "Okay, you know what? I'm not going to try and figure this out. I'm just going to watch same. this same, and let same, it same. do what it does." And then when it got to the end, and I was like, "Okay, well now I want to go watch yes. it." Yes, I don't I don't have to go watch it again. It worked. On that level of just giant action movie spectacle, and it's and it's great. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but now that I see all the stuff that it was doing while it was running through, well now, but now I want to go. That's watch the fun this of movie. it, right? Like yeah. when I watch a Nolan movie, I want to watch it more than once. I want to figure out the puzzle. Like, and I get that that's not for everybody. But the way my brain works is, I love trying to figure out the puzzles and multiple rewatches. You know, like The Prestige. When you watch that movie the second time mm-hmm. and you see that everything was hidden in plain sight, that's the whole yeah. trick of the movie. The movie is the Prestige, like that they talk this- about. This movie is that. This movie yeah. is like honestly I feel I like I like this movie a lot and I did not want to watch this movie. Yeah. This movie looked tedious to me. And so I was just like but it's and really so, good. <laughs> and and I love this movie. Yeah. I I had a great time with it. Awesome. And I think this movie like I feel like his entire career has built up to this movie. Yeah. I think you are This exactly movie right. is like if Memento and The Prestige and Inception, Inception all out of had baby. a baby. <laughs> yeah, <And, and>, uh, <laughs> agreed. Because it's got the the puzzle aspect of prestige. It's got the 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 how you perceive time aspect of Memento. I mean, I think Memento even has a bullet firing backwards, right? And and uh, I think they like rewind stuff. So yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's but I mean, you still get that yeah, visual, sure. right? Yeah. And then it's got the big action set pieces of Inception. I mean, I just I don't know what. I don't know what more you want from, and then if totally. you and and if you if you want to f- spend a lot of time thinking about it, like it's it's all there. And if you just want to enjoy the spectacle, then hey, it's also there. It, and it's a magic trick too. is 
is the perfect way to describe it, like you said, Tom, because I can go watch a magic show and be in awe and be mesmerized and have a great time with magic tricks. I have no idea how they worked. But then there, I can also but go watch are, the masked magician yeah. and learn how they're done and have another great time figuring it out, right? But there are and, people out there that get mad at magic. Like, it just yeah. infuriates <laughs> oh, yeah. them. They have to know. Yeah, and so, yeah. like, they, so, I mean, they're they're out there, but I, like... I really enjoyed this movie. I did not expect to enjoy it. I was kind of dreading watching it, and and I had a great time. Like I that's thought awesome. Here, really I'm so glad that you yeah. gave it a shot and and enjoyed it. But um, so anyway, just moving forward to the other things, um, the the big car chase sequence is really cool. Um, this this that might be the best car chase I've seen on film. Like it, it rivals the Matrix too. Like as much as we as much as the Matrix two is a garbage movie, <laughs> that. That chase scene oh, man. is amazing. With the score, with the Ludwig Gordonson yes. score, when those when that convoy surrounds the people transporting the artifact and that score is pumping and you yep. see them all go around it and John David Washington's jumping from the car to the fire truck to inside and then back out and then and then they're in cars but some are going backwards and you have mm-hmm. no idea what the hell is going on. It's it's a fantastic sequence and again watching it like a second time or third time watching it again uh, is really fun because you start to understand like like to tom's point you can totally enjoy it the first time because you're mystified by it and you're like you just gotta know, let it wash the... over you, you just gotta, yeah. that's exactly what you need <laughs> to do like, is like just just roll with it i don't yeah. know Go what i'm it. watching but it's crazy and awesome and then you watch it again and you're like oh that's why this car's going backwards and this one's mm-hmm. going backwards and then this one flips over well that's what i'm saying is like we get to a point in this movie where it inverts on itself yeah. and right. the our our first time stops and then we get to see it from everywhere right. the entire movie is a temporal pincer movement <laughs> yeah which is so the way that the reason why Seder knows is is you know a step ahead of everybody else is because he and his team do these temporal pincer movements they know they go backwards they figure out what all the good guys are going to do and then they go forwards and they thwart them and so right. At the end, they do this big temporal pincer movement, but then you realize the whole movie is a temporal pincer. Well, movement. and I think if they get to make more of these, and I don't know that they will, but I hope that they do, I have a feeling that there's probably designed to be three of these, and my guess is the whole franchise would be a temporal Oh, interesting. Movie. Oh, that would be really you interesting. Um, yeah. And we should probably talk about, because we kind of skipped over it to get to the car chase, about, yeah. about how Sador gets this ability oh you mean like oh oh right so his backstory yeah. is basically the re- so he grew up in like this poor like a nameless town. russian town like there were these secret yeah. soviet cities that weren't on maps and that they basically were had military usage and and this one had some sort of nuclear accident and he had a company that would go in and, and clean it up, but when nobody else would do it because he says it would use a crime scene cleaner up for radioactivity. Yeah, <laughs> radioactivity. so so he, yeah, I yeah. mean, he was just a kid, but like he was he was poor, and it was the only thing that he, you know, he wanted to go make money, and so he took the job even knowing the health risks. And when he did, he dug up the plutonium, and he also dug up some gold bars with some instructions, and so 
basically the people in the future had planted, had inverted a bunch of gold to fund his operation and instructions, and then they inverted it back through time so that he mm-hmm. would actually find it, and then they tasked him with putting together these nine pieces of the formula because, spoilers jumping forward, a scientist <laughs> in the future that invented the inversion realized that it would lead to the destruction of humanity and and the world and all that and so she broke it into nine pieces and uh put each of the pieces with another uh nuclear or like she, like, they, they hid them in in <clears throat> nuclear bombs because they knew that those oh, were the right, most right, secure right. places on the planet and then yeah. when the soviet union collapsed like it was no longer secure and so that's they sent so then, like the bad guys sent sent Sator in, like here's your moment in time, and so they sent him in to pull it out, and they left a note and like gold for him. But it's but it's like instantaneous for them, right? They go in there and plant and plant this stuff. It w- then they just gotta wait. They, well, wait, they don't have to wait. They because, don't have to wait, right? Because oh, I would, guess that's true. Because it's yeah, if it's moving backwards in time, and so as an object doesn't have to breathe, right? So it can yeah, sit that's there. True. That's true. That's true for a hundred, two hundred, five hundred years. It doesn't once, matter. Once they invert it and plant it, it's instantaneous because right. it's always going to keep going backwards, right? That's a good and. Point then it's just the effects of that will then be seen by the people that planted it. No matter like, yeah, it's, it's really interesting form of time travel because again, it's not like some magic mach- I mean, the formula and stuff is all made up, but it is based in physics and theoretical physics and stuff. And it's not just like, Oh, if we type this in and plutonium and hit 88, then, you know, we're going <laughs> to yeah. go back in time. It's like, no, we just have this formula. That's this advanced thing. And it, makes everything inverted so that in real time it will travel backwards. And then you can, you know, the implications of that are that it will keep traveling backwards until it's then inverted again to go forwards. So, and so yeah, that's how he's been funded by the future bad guys. Um, so after the car chase sequence, uh, the, they realize that he, there's see. one thing in the car they, chase sequence that didn't sit quite right with me. When yeah. he, when, when, when the protagonist gets, the the box that's got the plutonium but doesn't really right yeah. it's got the the artifact, artifact when yeah. he opens that up he seems like he doesn't know what this thing is well yeah Ooh. he's the present protagonist he's okay but he's plutonium. seen it before he did see because it before, he saw it he in saw the opening the, scene. he saw it at the opera at the opera that's what he opens up and looks at it's the same thing he saw at the opera. Well, I don't think he was expecting it though. He was still, expecting but he was to... just like, I don't like. He, but he like there was no moment of recognition. Oh, see, I read that as like, why are there two of them? See, I I read it as just like, what is this thing? This isn't plutonium. I'm confused. Uh, yeah, I just mm. don't think he expected to see this. Like, what the hell is this object? I think he thought they were t- like he doesn't understand why Sater wants this object. He understands plutonium, but he's like. What the, this thing? Why? Why yeah. is it? You know, like that's his confusion. It's but just I guess not you also like, make the argument if you thought it was plutonium, why would you open it? That's also <laughs> a good question. <laughs> yeah. I do like he makes a comment about like lead lined gloves, and the guy's like, "I I hope so because <laughs> this is bad news." So, but this is one of those things where again, it's cool, it's amazing to watch, but like you oh, have yeah. to watch multiple yeah. times to really get it because there's a satyr driving backwards that has the right. oxygen on, and things are getting. Th- tossed between the car to another satyr and like it's really confusing until you watch it i mean until you get it a couple times to understand why things are moving the way they are and everything but anyway this leads to uh 
So basically, what happened is now he's got all the, he's got all the pieces together, and he is going to set this bomb off at a certain point in time. But at this point, so, he doesn't though. See, that's the thing. So like after this car chase, he gets um, he's still looking for that final piece. Oh, that's right. It hidden. wasn't in the box, was it? It wasn't right. It it was that's he, right. Uh, the protagonist took it out and hit it. Yeah, and so going forward. He has oh. to to get it. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So he he tricks him. Um, is this where he gets captured? And they do the whole like reverse, like so, in, the, in the glass where yes, yeah. in the where he yeah. So he so, captures Cat, and he also captures right. the protagonist. And so Cat is on the other side, the other turnstile. And so it's definitely confusing. But they're inverted, and the protagonist is not. But there's also a satyr that is going forward with our protagonist. And so yes. he's got a gun to his head while you're watching on the other side. S- inverted satyr has a gun to inverted cat's head. So yes. basically, so basically no, what happens not is inverted because she doesn't have a mask on. Oh, uh, I, no, she does because he's leading her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like the scene where, where like he's pushing her with like her. You don't have to have mask in those rooms. You don't have to have mask in those rooms. Then why does the satyr still have a mask on? I just think he has one on. Because I think he's going to leave the room. And he takes her with him. And then he puts the mask on her. He, he's he got it on, I think, because, well, one, to, so we can see who he is. But okay, but well, she didn't have a mask on in the car. She did not have a mask on in the car. That is true. You mean when the protagonist saves her? Yeah, when he hops into the, the BMW. She is and not wearing She's not a wearing mask. a mask at all. That's well, she's not inverted at that point. She's not inverted then. He gets her out of the car, right? He they after the whole car thing, they kidnap them. Or is she wearing a mask? She's not wearing a mask. Okay. But either but the, way, at the car she's moving forward with the protagonist, so they don't need masks at that point. He has a mask because he's done a pincer movement and he knows what they're going to do, and that's his inverted self then kidnapping her so that he can then do this whole thing. Like they're not Cat is not inverted at this point, but I think that since she's on the other side, I think he is. I think he does take her through the thing and inverts her. But maybe he's inverted and she's not. But they're I on don't the think other she's side. Inverted yet? Because I thought on the other side you have to be. But maybe they go in through a different entrance. I guess. I guess. They no. I mean, I don't know. He shoots her. He shoot. Doesn't he shoot her right? He shoots her in the inverted thing, and then do they reinvert? They revert her because. He he shoots her, and then all of a sudden she is with them. She's with Neil and the protagonist, like on that gurney. It's yeah, really hard to follow. You know what? A she timeline. can't. She can't be inverted because he shoots her with an inverted bullet. So if she was inverted, that bullet wouldn't have been inverted. She would have just got shot. That is true. Okay, so she's not inverted, but he is, and right. then he shoots her with the inverted bullet. Okay, so yeah. he so he's inverted, but brings her in the front door basically. Yeah. Hey now. And well, I mean, it's better than other <laughs> options, married. I guess. It's okay. Yeah. Well, like, so, well, like the back of a Volkswagen? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, uh, no, he's Russian, not German. But oh. <laughs> so so he's inverted because he needs to figure out where the thing is. So right. he's now inverted to, to, like, foil their plan. He brings her in, and uh, so you see him with a gun to inverted satyr has regular cat at gunpoint right. on yes. the other side of the window yes. are regular satyr has the protagonist at gunpoint and anyway he basically says now tell me you pulled the switcheroo now i've got cat so you're gonna tell me where is it where did you hide it and so he ends he up gives giving- him a he gives him a bogus location 
uh, and Seder knows this, so because he's already been through it, so now correct. he's like, no, where is it really? So they go, so no, he, no, he gives them a bogus location, and that's why, basically, I mean, what happens is, is uh, the protagonist leads him right to it, because he goes to the car that flip, you know, the whole chasing we get to see again, except this time the guy who's the car that we saw before that's being driven backwards is being driven by John David Washington, mm-hmm. like that's that's all the whole twistaroo. And this is where, um, and then he ends he, up. He basically leads Seder right to, to where he was, right? Okay. And then he gets blown yeah. up, but he doesn't get blown up because fire isn't fire; it's yeah. ice. Uh, but he gets hypothermia. They, he gets hypothermia, and I do like that line. He's like, "I've never seen somebody explode in ice before." Yeah. He's like, except know. for it's like so eloquently written and delivered. Yeah, by not like, He's me. like <laughs> You may be the first person to ever get hypothermia from an ex- from a gasoline from, from a, a petroleum explosion, explosion yeah. or whatever. You know, it's like. But okay, so it, the whole bef- point is, so now he's got the entire thing. Before now we Seder leave this car chase scene, we should probably at least address the fact that Kenneth Brown was saying these lines backwards. backwards. Yeah, with a Russian accent, like like that's they didn't play the audio backwards, <laughs> like they like he's actually saying those lines backwards phonetically with a Russian accent. And a lot of people in this movie had to perform backwards because Christopher Nolan wanted to do as little with CG, you know, as he is. I read to there's do. less than three hundred effects shots and that's insane so like a lot of people had to reverse fight choreography yeah they had to in real time backwards fight choreography which is just insane they would they would do it several ways and i think that's part of why you can never really get a beat on how they're doing it because they did it multiple ways so like sometimes the people would perform the action backwards sometimes they would reverse the film yeah sometimes they would perform the action backwards and reverse the film. So sometimes right. when they're walking forwards, it's actually reverse footage of them walking. Of them going backwards. reverse. Yeah. So it's, it's a yeah. And <laughs> what I didn't understand though is I that they said that they had to get the IMAX films. They had to bring in engineers to make the IMAX cameras film backwards. And I don't understand why you need to film backwards. Why you couldn't just film it and run it backwards. I don't understand what the mm. distinction it, is there. it must have some well it must have something to do with the way that you can tell sometimes when something looks like it's running backwards so i guess there was some effect that it wouldn't look i right wonder unless... if on the backwards forward stuff like when they have it backwards and they show it backwards to make it look forwards i wonder if filming it backwards keeps this this is kind of hard to wrap your head around keeps the <laughs> background stuff moving forwards you know what i'm saying so like yeah. So oh, like I see what you're saying. if a if a car drives by and you just show it backwards, now the car's going backwards where if you move backwards and film it backwards and then show it forward. So other stuff can go the right the, like the, the opposite the direction. The stuff around you will go the yeah, right direction. Can I you bet. imagine? Could you imagine Jesus like Christ. you are you're a DP or you're <laughs> a, one of these guys and you're like, "Hey, you're going to work on the new Chris Nolan movie." He's like, That's "Oh, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you need to learn an entire new yeah. style of filming these movies because it's he's going to do time travel. Well, this is a Chris Hoyt, Nolan style. Uh, this is Hoyt Van Hodema. Is it? This guy the, needs to be up for something. I mean, he's I don't good. Know what. He's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is find him a category. Yeah, Hoyt Van. Ho- is this is this one of the first ones that he's written without Joe? Was Joseph Nolan his co-writer on almost everything? Oh, you're talking about Jonathan, Jonathan, or yeah, Jonah, Jonathan as he calls him. Sure. Um... I think there was something else because they because okay. he's Cause he wrote all the Batman West. stuff too, right? Like, yes, with Goyer, yeah. unfortunately, yes. Um, <laughs> he's been doing uh, you know with 
Jonathan doing Westworld and sure, all his sure. other projects. I think that they've been separated for a little bit of time. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, Hoyt though, this cinematographer, Cole man is great. He, he's done, he did Ad Astra. He did Dunkirk. He did Spectre. He did Interstellar. Oh, it's funny. He did the fighter. Uh, he, I mean, this guy's been around. He did her. Well, that sounds weird, but <laughs> her, the Spike Jones movie with yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Um, he's a and great Scarlett cinematographer. Johansson. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. This dude, he needs to be up. Like this needs to be, uh, granted we haven't seen a bunch of movies and we, I don't know what the Academy Awards are even going to look like. Uh, but this, this is the best technical stuff. It's, it's going to be up for technical. It needs, to, yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be. It deserves for sure. it. I think, I, I honestly think that maybe Pattinson for supporting. Yeah. He's great in the movie for sure. Yeah. No, no doubt. So, um, so, so yeah, so they, so when, basically what happens is, is they, well, this is when everything starts inverting the yes, movie. The movies, inverts movie, on movie now turns around yeah. on itself and we get to watch basically everything backwards and understand why things were happening around our main character as they were happening. Yes. Uh, so what happens is Pattinson and uh, John David and Washington pretty much figure out we've got to, we know where they're going to go. Well, they got to heal well, Kat the back. first. No, Kate, Kate, Kat says, basically, she says that he's going to die. He's got terminal cancer. Pancreatic he's going to die. Cancer. Pancreatic cancer. So Washington brings up, he's like, you said that there was one moment where he was truly happy like when was that and they're like when we were outside like on this boat in vietnam he's like that's where he's gonna go like that's where this bomb is that's where he's gonna go uh so but you gotta mention that cat being shot is gonna die unless they invert her because then the wound can heal itself it can invert heal sorry you're right yeah so that's their main concern at this point where and then like they have to stop Seder, but protagonist is also okay but we have to save her so they then have to invert themselves and uh um neil stays with cat and the protagonist goes and does his car thing thing. and all that and then they they rescue him from the hypothermia and then they basically put him on a shipping container and they figure that they're going to they're going to go there's the red team and the blue team and there's going to be two these two teams that are going to storm uh, this area, no, no, but we're not there yet, though. So, oh. so he has to heal Cat, but then he also has to move her forward. So he has to get to another. Oh, uh, that's right. De- that's the right. Rotation device. What do we call that? The Turns inversion rotoscope. Device. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> so, so he knows that there's one at Oslo where they pulled right. the art heist, and so because if if they just healed her and put her through that normal one, they would eventually, I guess, run into the bad guys again or whatever. Like they have to go to a different one, and the only yes. one he knows of is at Oslo. So they're going to give her a week to heal. It's going to take about a week. They travel backwards in time to that heist, and with all the confusion of the heist and the explosion. We see the reverse yeah they're going to sneak in during all that and then they are going to move forward so that's how they're going to uninvert cat and <laughs> whoops and them. now we know who was in the uh the mask yeah so Which now is the, there's a good scene with with pattinson where he's fighting the guy and his mask comes off and uh and you never see the other you, you, all yeah well you see the yes you see pattinson's reaction to this person but you never see the person. And now this time around, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now we know who that is. So we get to watch is. everything reverse. We get to now yes. watch the fight scene from the other angle going the opposite direction. Which I thought was insane, right? Yeah, like backwards the, yeah. flips it, and stuff. Yeah. Well, not even that. Like the way it's filmed the first time is we see it from the protagonist's point of view. Right. We see it from pre suited up John David Washington, where in this scene, 
it's now it's the exact same thing. It's just shot from the flip side, right? It's from the other character. I was like, man, that's yeah. And that they said dope. that they didn't uh, they. They they didn't cheat in that they didn't recycle footage. They said that there's only like one shot that they recycled. That no, they do the whole thing in they reverse. Film, That's so that all hard. the stuff it's that so when they would go back in time and do it again, they filmed it again. Yeah. And they had to learn fight choreography in reverse, yeah. and that means like flipping things over backwards that look forward. Like it's insane. The technical the what they pulled off here is really brilliant. But so we see that whole thing, and we see the you know the gun unfiring, you know the thing where he mm-hmm. unloaded all the bullets. Now they're going back into the gun, and you know the whole thing plays out in reverse. Uh, really, really cool fight sequence. Uh, so we figure all that out, and then uh, they invert. Neil pushes Cat through the device and she's going forward now um and then what they drive off i can't remember where does it go from there they so this is where she says like he's got all the pieces this is where they figure out where he's gonna go right they get the red team and the blue team uh anthony taylor johnson is in this movie aaron Uh, taylor johnson yeah aaron taylor whatever uh, quicksilver that guy too uh and ba- so there's the red he team. He calls the for the team. cavalry. That's what it is. Yes. Remember, at one point, he's like, I'm calling for the cavalry. And then he's like, who are all what, these people? What cavalry? And then it's like this whole military force. And that's led and this by is him. This is where we're led on to like that Pattinson may be a, a little bit more into this than he has led for on the sure. entire time. Because he's like just supposed to be this contact, but now he has a whole military force. <laughs> right, yeah. And right, so really right. this whole tenant organization, like he's high up in it and has been in it for a long time, and this tenant operation is comprised of this military force. So um, it's interesting how many Marvel and DC people are in these movies. Like it's almost everybody except uh, Washington. Right? Give it like, time. <laughs> yeah, right. Like Cat uh, was, she's the... Like kind of the big bad in she's the uh, gold uh, Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah, and two she's the gold. I what's her name? I I don't know. A Y I sure. I know, but a, a Adam Hoss. Warlock. That's as far as I can get you. <laughs> but yeah, yes, Elizabeth that's Elizabeth Elizabeth, Elizabeth Debicki is really really good in this movie. She's really good. in this, She's yeah. really good. And Did I you see her in something else just recently. I. I, I'm sure, but I know I her from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, a lot of times people say Nolan can't write women, and that's one of the big complaints against his female characters. And I think her story, I mean, she's given kind of the most to do as far as, like, the, the um, emotional stuff. I mean, the heavy lifting her and her son, her and her marriage, and, and her being forced with making difficult choices. You know, I think her character is really well written in this, and I think she does a great job performance-wise. So I, don't, I just wanted to give a shout-out to her and the character because, you know, most of the other characters are just like, let's do this action stuff. But, you know, she's doing most of the heavy lifting when it comes to the emotional beats. She was in Widows. Yeah, she's one of the wife's one of yeah, the Yeah, and the yep. Cloverfield Paradox. Good but call. We don't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so now this force that we, back at the car chase, the military force that kind of gave him the rules and everything, they're setting up this huge operation to their goal is they have to make Sater think that he pulled this thing off because the way that they move his past self has to think that things worked out right or else his past self will never do all the stuff that he has to do to go forward, right? Because he has information from the future. So basically his plan is to seal all nine of the artifacts into 
the place where he grew up, the unnamed Russian city or whatever, is where this big climax happens. Seal them, have a bomb, cover them all up, and then all the future people way off in the future are going to recover them and use them to take over the world, whatever. So they have to pull off stealing the nine objects, but still exploding the tomb, making Correct. Seder think that he pulled it off and all that. So it's a very tricky situation. They can't just save the day. They have to basically make sure it all goes through except for they sneak out the goods. So yes. it's another crazy it's time heist it's it's time heist that's exactly (laughs) what it is (laughs) so it's a big operation so yeah so they basically it comes down it comes down to john david washington and uh aaron tyler johnson who are just kind of like who's going into this underground he's like you and me well yeah it's also a suicide mission yeah we're not coming out of this this is to save the world they're like whoever knows about these artifacts has to plant them and has to die because as long as you're alive, someone from the future could always, I mean, they've got unlimited possibilities in the future. They could always get someone, you know, like, Oh, right. this didn't work out. Okay. We'll send someone else. Like as long as you're alive, someone, they terminated it. Yeah. Someone from the future can come back and get the info from you in theory. So their plan is to, yes, yeah, save the stuff, plant them and then die. So it's this big uh, operation. It's this 10-minute long sequence that you see play out forwards and backwards, and simultaneously you have the red team and the blue team, red going forward. Blue team's already done the operation, and they're brief, they've are brief. they briefed the red team, but they also have to know as little as possible. So like only Aaron Taylor Johnson knows what's going to happen. He's right. been brief, briefed by the blue team who's already done it 10 minutes earlier. And so they go through, and it's really crazy to watch the sequence. Again, on the big screen, it was amazing. But there's all this stuff happening, like buildings exploding and people shooting all over the place. And like got, two different missiles going into one building well, because, and they're both taking out different parts of the building? Because the blue team knows that there's a guy in this tower that's going to kill them or whatever. And so now the blue team's briefed the red team. So, like they know now it's crazy to destroy it's it. a it's a crazy it's it's insane <laughs> it's insanely put together yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's bonkers it's yeah. amazing and so at the end of the day though they end up chasing satyr's big bad you know whatever the big russian they chase him down this guy. tunnel and yeah. they get caught like you, you know they're you know so this but we should say the entire time cat has to play her past self so here's what i don't get okay how okay. is she breathing She's gone back forward. She's been uninverted. They took her through the thing in Oslo, so now she's moving forward. But she's still I'm but she's still backwards in time. No, she they when she was healing, she went all the way back in real time, healed, and went back in the past. Now she's going forwards in time, but in the past. I Wait. don't get that. Like, I, yeah, if I, that's she's not moving backwards, like, or else Sater would be seeing her walk backwards and stuff. She's forwards. She's just traveled back in time. But how did she travel back in time? She was inverted, and then they went to the past, and then they and they just left her there. Well, they she went back through the turnstile to go forward. Now, now, now. I'm not listening to that doctor at the beginning of the movie, and I'm overthinking. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, if, if that's the case, then time travel is totally possible. You just go back <laughs> yeah. and and then reinvert yourself, like or uninvert yourself. Well, they do it the whole. They do it the whole movie. Yeah, that's what this whole. Yeah, but the, all the characters that went back to Oslo are our characters from a week into the future, and now they. But they're going. But they're moving backwards. So then, right. why do they ever wear oxygen? Just go through the turnstile twice. Well, sometimes they have to go out in the world. 
But they are out in the world. She's on a boat. <laughs> yeah. well, I know. I guess, she went back forward so she can Then why them. ever go back? Well, then why ever wear oxygen? Just go through the because you have to Because you have to do things to figure out what's going to happen, to watch them. You have to go backwards while the past is going forwards. And in order to interact in the real world, you have to have the oxygen on. Sometimes you have to see the events play out while you're going backwards and they're going forwards. They can't just sit in the room. They have to go out into the world. But to do that, they have to be out. Well, then just go back, instead of going back two days, go back four <laughs> days and reinvert yourself and then go through it normal. Oh, and just watch it, you're saying, like from like the why, distance? Why the go bushes? to the effort of wearing the oxygen? <laughs> That's a good point. I'm sure there's a reason, but yeah, I guess they could always go back further, but maybe time is of the essence where to but travel it's not backwards. Of the essence, they control it. Yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're talking about time travel, <laughs> yeah, time but, is never but it, of the essence. Yeah, I guess, but if there's other people also going like satyrs also inverting himself so even though you're going to the past like there's another well that's the thing is like so he's moving he oh no yeah he he is moving forward as well right because he's also traveled back in the past that satyr is our current satyr yes that's with why he sees current, the scar and it's like, holy cat. crap. Yeah, yeah. They're both the present people. They've both inverted themselves, traveled back to the boat that one day in Vietnam. But they don't know. I mean, he doesn't know she's the current one. He thinks that she's right. the regular that one. Was a, I will say, all of this aside, that was a very good tension moment where like she's wearing our current day cat is wearing kind of like a, like a, like a flowy like beach shirt. And it keeps and it's like it's a cover up or whatever. It, it, yeah. yeah, like it, it's like a yeah, but it's like unbuttoned at the bottom. And I was like, oh man, he's gonna see that scar, and it is game over. Well, he does see the scar, and it was game over, but not the way. But it's that a I great thought. badass moment because earlier in the movie, she says that well, she faces him with the gun before the whole car chase turnstile thingy or whatever. Yeah, he kind of calls and her out. She's on it. like, I'm gonna kill you, and he's like, You won't kill me. I can see the look in your eyes. You don't have that anger that it takes to pull the trigger. And then so she then at the boat is like, Look in my eyes. What do you see? Right. Anger you see or the anger? whatever. Despair. And then she shows him the scar. She's like, I'm the one that's already been scarred over. It was a nice callback to the writing we can't do justice to off the top of our heads but then she shoots him drags him off the boat and this is before she gets the flare from the guy <laughs> off shore so <laughs> i do like where he's like oh god he killed her yeah so she killed him so basically <laughs> she's supposed to get a signal and then when she gets the signal she can kill him but if she kills him first his dying triggers the explosion or whatever he's, he's basically a dead he's a he's a walking dead man. that's why he always has the heart rate thing on because that heart i mean he, i guess he always likes to look at it but if his heart rate goes to zero then the, the bomb, goes, bomb off. goes off and the world explodes so anyway she just her explanation is i couldn't let him die thinking he had won so she right. had, she got her vengeance moment in and she t- says to the protagonist she's like i knew you'd find a way and she's like did you and he's like yeah we found a way yeah we got but, i do like that was a weird scene where they're dragging him on the back of the boat i was like jeez oh my god when he falls off hits his head breaks oh his that head, was gnarly into the that water. was gnarly <laughs> it's a good death i, remember, for I was i was sitting on my couch going ooh, ooh, that was a it's good a one. great death for a villain so anyway yeah she kills they get the yeah. But we have to go back. So while all that's happening and she gets her great vengeance moment and all that. So during the whole thing, they get trapped down to where they're kind of caught. Like they're following the guy that's going to plant all the artifacts. Well, the door's locked and they can't get in there and all that. But outside of that, the Neil on the blue team going backwards sees that they're going to run into a trap and get stuck down He's there trying or whatever. To warn them. And so yeah. he inverts himself to then you know or he keeps going to the past and inverts himself forward to try to warn them 
he doesn't get there in time uh but so I can't remember. But he does though, right? Like so. No, here's not the, him. So down the, he does it again. Like that's this is right. where it gets that's confusing. Right. But that Neil goes back and forth and back and forth a bunch of times during this. We eventually find out. But like he groundhog day. Yeah. It. But he's supposed to only be going backwards on blue team while they go forwards. But when he sees they're getting it stuck down there, and and the bad guy knows that, like he traps them down there. He has to warn them, and so then he is able to like go backwards and forwards and there's two kneels there there's way there's more two than kneels. two kneels there's a well, lot in of this kneels. we see we see two there's like is we see, there's like three or four or something at this point i tried to look it is up there? there's a lot of kneels bouncing around either way like the the, the <laughs> kenneth brunna tells well, there's like one the, in there too the henchman right that's right? What, that's, that's the one i'm talking of is there's yeah. uh, somebody uh, we see the a blue team member jump in front of a gun and take a bullet to the face for uh the protagonist and we don't know who that is but eventually, right. at the as very we see, end, well, we see the character fall, and we see the little uh, washer and red string. That's what I mean, tied like when backpack. they're down there trapped, he sees someone, right. but they don't know who it is. But at the right. very end, you know, when Robert Pattinson's character is walking away, and he's got this on his back, yeah. and they're just like, okay, so that he was this guy the entire. So he time. knows. So yeah, protagonist knows he's the guy at the opera house. He knows. Oh, because at the very end, I mean, it's again really great written dialogue and and really touching because you know that they're friends for a long time but he's like who who set up all this and Pattinson's like you don't you haven't figured it out yet he he's says like, you never you told did. me who recruited me yeah and he's like you haven't figured it out you did but <laughs> you d- in the future he <laughs> would be like you dope yeah, yeah. so he says it was years ago for me yeah. and years from now for you right and then and he's like and when he says something he's like he goes we're gonna go on a lot of adventures together <laughs> <laughs> I like Robert Pattinson. It's like we get up to some things. Yeah, it's You're great. That's it. a good line. That's and he also says, I, "I think he's like, I think for me, this is the end of a beautiful friendship." That's a nice. But for you, yeah. but for you, it's just, but the, just beginning. the beginning. Yeah, yeah. it's really, yeah. really heartfelt. It's really well done, done. Uh, and especially when you figure out that Pattinson is Max, is the, the kid. son. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Oh wait, what? Pattinson yeah, Pat- is Cat's son, right? That he's going to recruit. You, how what did you figure that out? Watching a lot of videos, yeah. <laughs> doing a oh. lot of reading. How, well, oh, how, I see. How, I, how did, I piece that together on my first viewing. Like when, when oh, I didn't even when think you have the scene and they go back to the school and then you see him walking away. I was like, that's well, the kid. I'm like, I've, Max grows up to be. Me. Yeah, I mean, I'm it, not saying I didn't have any inklings watching yeah. it, but I'm just saying I've done a lot of research. So but, Maximilian, spelled the European way, oh, is Neil. There's no way that's coincidence. That'd be crazy. I mean, with all the other clues, and then of no, all, I, there are no, there's no such thing as a coincidence in a right. Nolan movie. But, but with all, all the other clues throughout the movie, and the thing where he's like, "Yeah, you sure you're not going to check up on Cat at the end from a distance or whatever?" And then of all the names in the world that Maximilian can be spelled backwards for Neil is the last four letters. Like, yeah, interesting. So, so that's why it's such a heartbreaking moment at the end when you watch it again because you realize that it's like that's Cat's son, and he's going to enlist him. In this, as a kid, he's gonna he's gonna get him killed, and then he's eventually gonna die. And it's like that's the kid that is his teammate, and also the son of someone you care about, Cat. And so, like, it's it's a whole thing when you rewatch it, knowing. Well, now I'm gonna have to rewatch this goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want? Well, it? And like, I, I mean, I haven't had time to honestly. <laughs> well, and, and, I, I, and I I think like yeah, like I I think he ends up basically being his stepfather. Yeah, and, uh, maybe well, and, or very close to it. It could be inferred that John David Washington does go because he obviously eventually enlists Neil. So if if at a very young age he enlists Max, then maybe he and 
Cat have a relationship, and then he gets. We should also say that that Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, well, they don't they don't give him a name either. So Ives. Aaron Taylor Johnson, that's Ives. That's the guy with the beard, Ives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Ives. Yeah. Okay, so Ives, Neil, and the protagonist all get a piece of the of the the device, and I do like that scene where they're just like, "If I find you, I'm going to kill you." Like that's that's the only way. This I like is it go when down. Pattinson's like he says something like. But if even if it's been a really long time or something, he's like, yes. you're not going to try very hard. And he's like, <laughs> he's like yes, yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, so then we do we see this scene earlier in the no. movie of her on the phone? This is not because so he gives. So the protagonist gives no, Kat this a is phone. the future yeah. for our protagonist. OK, like okay. this is everybody's current. Day the, our story has caught up to our. So he, again. he We're, earlier in the movie, he gave her a phone, gave her a right? phone. He said, just if anything happens you know for posterity just dial this number if you think something weird is going on because then of course in the future they can always trace it back down or whatever and they have that whole another great piece of writing about how the the most dangerous bomb is the one that doesn't like no one cares about the bomb that didn't go off but that's the most dangerous one or whatever like because essentially they can stop these things from going off and like no one's ever going to know about it but if they did, like if the thing did go like off, minority report, yeah, it like it could be catastrophic. And so anyway, uh, this is a nice callback to that. But also when the protagonist talked to Priya, the arms dealer way back in the movie, she promised mm-hmm. not to kill Kat because Priya is under like they're covering their own tracks. Anyone that knows about this technology has to die or else the future people could always torture them and get to them. Right. Correct. And so that's what the whole test is for with the, will you take the pill? Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, Priya, of course, since Kat knows about this, like she would want to kill her, but he has her promise. She won't. Well, guess what? She does try to kill her. She's going to. So Kat, when she saw a strange car following her, did pull out the phone and dial it. And so that's the bomb that never went off. She's none the wiser, but, since the protagonist knows that he's going to get that phone call yeah, at he that just, time. He, kinda, he, he pops in and shoots the driver. He's there right then, at the right moment behind right, Priya. Kind of has a, a little bit of a, a, little, a very much a James Bond mm-hmm. uh, last line with, with Priya and then shoots her. Yeah. And then and that's She moves how, the rear view, the, the mirror thing, you know, the rear right, view mirror. Right. And it's like, boop dead and then that cat we see we see cat and max walk they walk off and so i that's where i was kind of with tom with this though i did not want to watch this movie like it had been talked when i remember i saw this trailer and i was like yep let's do it like i this looks like this looks amazing and then it just went on and on but that's the problem like like, like this is nolan as you've said like nolan's an amazing filmmaker he's a name that will draw you to the movies like you're super excited to see it and it was the controversy and the theater stuff that got everybody like so worn out that that's mm-hmm. what's the shame is that see we've all come to the the agreement that like this is a really good movie but it's been so tainted by the whole pandemic and theaters and saving theaters and it's become almost a joke to where it's a shame because if they would have just delayed it and this got its due this i think this would have been, would have been a special. huge movie right yeah. and it's it's a shame that it went down the way it did with that being said, if for some reason you've listened to all these spoilers and you haven't seen it, like really give it a chance because it's it's something. It is something, and I agree. This this should have been. I should have seen this on the big screen. Like I shouldn't have had to watch it on my TV at home. But you and did. I'm not saying like, and I'm glad that I watched it. But it is. But what you it did is. what this, was this right. Would have been. But I mean, I'm oh, not yeah, trying to shame anyone. The what I'm saying is like, you made a decision that I don't think anyone can fault you for. And maybe someday you'll be able to see it just to experience it. Like, you know, in uh tenant 10th anniversary, maybe you'll see it on the big screen. Eh, probably not. <laughs> oh, I mean, 
I mean, by that point, I'll have it like you know imprinted on my brain or something. <laughs> but my point is out. though that you're not at fault for not seeing it, and I wouldn't have seen it that way unless I got that very special invitation to where like even I think when I wrote the review like a lot of critics did. I'm like, I'm not encouraging anyone to go to the theater. I was afforded a very special opportunity to see it. Uh, but the movie's good. So if you're not scared of the pandemic, you know, for what, like if you're still going to the movies, this movie's worth your time. Uh, it's just a shame that it all got tangled up in this mess. I think that's what we can all agree on is that like, yeah, yeah, the movie, it's not its fault that a pandemic happened. Uh, but it is unfortunate that the powers that be allowed it to be released during it because it then screwed up the whole theatrical thing like i mean wb got scared because of this yeah. movie and now things are the way they are so well and i think they were right i think ultimately they were right to get scared because of this movie like i, yeah. I you know like i don't think there's anything that is going to get people to theaters at the moment i right. think so it's either wait or go to or go to their streaming services yeah so, i i think they're yeah. all uh, every I think the way that was handled, yes, was poor. You know, like it was not okay. Yes. But you uh, don't know until you know, and ultimately, well, no. I mean, I mean, ultimately, the filmmaker made the call, and he was wrong. Yes. So, like, I don't feel like the no, filmmaker. I'm sorry. I, I meant the announcing of the entire slate yeah. without, like, because apparently they talked to Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot, and they gave him, they gave them both a little. A little uh, envelope full of cash. As like, look, we get a little it. ten million dollar. I mean, full of I, cash. yeah, right. <laughs> like I, the ten million dollar bill. It was, like just one yeah, thing. it was handled. The whole the whole thing's a mess. That's the thing. And they should have talked to the filmmakers first. I get it. But the thing is, like, they're not going to release these big movies. Like after Tenant, they're not going to release them in theaters anytime soon. Like solely in theaters. And so sure. people say, oh, well, what about the people with back-end deals? Well, back-end deals of $0 is nothing, right? right? So yeah. Yeah, as right, long right, as right. they put in place some kind of system, like, okay, if you're a key grip, if you're a lighting guy, if you're a sound guy, you've already been paid, right? You get either a salary or you get a contract. You've been paid. You have no back-end deal. You're just a worker, right? So you're paid. The people with back-end deals, hopefully Warner Brothers will do the right thing. And the CEO said they are going to be very generous with their plans. And they are going to get the money during this new release schedule that that will compensate them for what the back end would have been. Should they have communicated way before announcing it? Yes, that was a bad move on their part, but I do think they are going to be taken care of and they're going to make more money than they would have not releasing the movie. Right. Cause that's zero dollars. Oh, absolutely. So for sure. Yeah, I yeah. think it will all work out, but right now everyone's scared. Everyone's angry. The internet's crazy. You know, like it's, it's a crazy <laughs> time and we're going to yeah. dogs and cats yeah. living together. But I like, I don't think that all the people there's like screw WB. They're so terrible. It's like, I haven't seen the contracts. I haven't seen the financial info. It's hard to say they're terrible without knowing what they've done. And they right. may already have all these plans in place we don't know about. We know they gave Jenkins and Godot, Godot $10 million on top of whatever they already piece. got. So yeah. it's like, I think they're going to take care of them. But Tenet, as much controversy surrounds the movie and the release, it is worth your time. And it Absolutely. is a stunning technical achievement yep. and a lot of fun. Yeah, like an, it is a lot of fun. An just, real quick, going yeah. back to the Max versus Neil thing. Yeah, I also the other one of the other reasons I think that uh, that the protagonist was basically grooming him. Yeah, to grow up and join is because he has a degree in physics, right? Like, uh -huh. like oh, like I think he's like you're gonna need to know this stuff. Yeah, and he that's true. He, so he went to the best schools and got his an advanced degree in physics you know which also but i'm yeah i mean totally it would be kind of cutesy but that also could be like why 
they're working with Neil, even if he wasn't the kid, because it's like, oh, well, because he has a physics degree, so of course sure. he's the contact. But you're right, it does play into the fact that he would lead him that way as well. So Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and, and also apropos of nothing, the school that he goes to was uh, the same school that uh, the girl in Bunny Lake is Missing went to, uh, which is a great movie that I've talked about before yeah. that if you've never seen, you should check out Bunny Bunny Lake is Missing. Hmm. And hmm. it's a it's a nice little twisty turny movie. Not about okay. time, but but uh, it, but that's a really that's a really cool movie nice. that people haven't like don't seem to remember all that much, but you go back and watch it and you're just like, how do people not still talk about this movie? In yeah. my opinion. I, <laughs> I remember you. Yeah. You just sent me a link to it the other day, I think. Yeah. Cause yeah. it was on sale on voodoo for like five bucks. Yeah. And I was like for five bucks. There, a, and there are a yeah. lot of end of the year deals. Check, make sure you're checking out voodoo and all that stuff yeah. because they're, they're blowing out the, the movies. If you don't mind digital, if you're one of those digital buyers, like we are like, there's yeah. a great time. No, no, no. All right. Let's not lump all of us together. <laughs> well, I'm not the Royal we, but Tom and I, at least. <laughs> yes. Two of us. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, I guess uh, that's it for this one. Uh, I will go around the virtual table and everyone can say where to find them backwards. You have to say your name backwards so they can replay that's the podcast. You can roll it backwards, Kevin, if you want to edit it that way. That's fine. <laughs> this is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at JoyButts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. I've got the easiest name. This is Mott. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and of course, uh, check out our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. Coming up on our next episode, it will just be this episode Backwards. entirely in reverse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the one after that, I guess, will be Wonder Woman. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and until next time, Mal thought she was dreaming. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we already warned you. Better watch out, it's gonna ruin the plot. Real spoilers. Real spoilers. Real spoilers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.